This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show, in partnership with the Compassionate Friends. I'm your host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, and I'm here today with my co-host, Alan Peterson, Executive Director of the Compassionate Friends. Hi, Alan. How are you today, Heidi? Thank you so much for uh, inviting me to co-host the show with you today. Um, uh, once again, we always have good topics. You pick some uh, interesting guests, and I'm always excited to be a part of the program. And we've got another uh, one today that's very interesting. Yeah, I'm excited to be hosting another show with you. We've done so many over the years. It's been a great partnership with the Compassionate Friends and with you. And we are going to interview two guys today who I'll introduce in a minute. One of them is seriously your very best friend, Mitch Carmody. And the other one's name is Jacob Urich. And I'm really glad that they're both coming on together because it's interesting that they're coming on together, Alan. I just thought of this. We're talking about twin loss. And with twins, you're always with your twin and they are doing the show together. I find that fascinating. I just thought of yeah. that. Right? Yeah, well, and I think, you know, uh, you know, every loss is different, and I know that you're a big champion uh, of, of providing support to make sure that siblings have support in loss. And what I find uh, fascinating, every loss is unique, sibling loss is unique, but now we even take uh, another un- unique part of sibling loss where we're, you know, discussing twins and that special bond that they have. And, uh, of course, knowing Mitch as well as I do, um, I understand it from, you know, what he's, his perspective is. And then adding Jacob to the mix today, it's going to be interesting to learn how they su- support each other and, and work together. So I'm excited to have you introduce our guests and, and talk a little bit about this. Absolutely, and I'll do that. I'll introduce them. I just want to say the thing that I find interesting about twin loss, and like you said, I am an expert on sibling loss, but twins is a whole other layer. You know your twin nine months longer than anybody else. So you have this bond in utero, and I've often heard twins say, you know, losing a twin is like losing a part of yourself, and when your twin dies, you feel like climbing into the casket with them. And we will talk today with Mitch and Jacob about that, so let me introduce them and get started. As you said, we're talking about twin loss. Mitch Carmody is a nationally recognized grief authority and author of Letters to My Son. He is a bereaved dad and bereaved sibling. His twin sister, Sandy, died in 1985. Joining Mitch today will be bereaved sibling Jacob Urich, whose twin brother, Zachary, died in 2000 of the same cancer as Mitch's son. Both men found hope with the organization, the Twinless Twins, who support and honor this unique loss. Welcome to the show, Mitch and Jacob. Oh, thank you, thank Heidi. You very much. So let's start um, with Mitch and telling us a little bit about Sandy, and then we'll move on to Jacob's story. Okay. Yes, it's so nice to, to, be, to be able to talk about my sister, you know, after the years and years of uh, grieving my son, that uh, finally the, the Twinless Twins really gave me that opportunity uh, to really grieve uh, for my sister. And... Uh, 
really re- realizing how much I, I had not grieved when I went back uh, to, when I was with 125 uh, uh, bereaved twins, and uh, there, you, felt, you could feel the twinness, the twinship, uh, the twins' energy, I call it, that there's something that only twins, unique to twins, can really recognize from, you know, that bond, that you, like you said, in the womb, there's that, there's that bond that, that happens, and... Uh, now that I've gone back into my grief, and it, it's really helped me totally in my whole, you know, we have kind of a whole grief package of all the losses we've had, and it's really helped me and my progress in my whole grief journey uh, to identify my my, twi- my twin loss, because I've had a sibling loss, I've had a son loss, I've had parent loss, but the twin loss is so unique that it's, it, it's just something, it's like you always feel like you're missing your car keys, you're always feeling like it's something and missing, and and. I didn't realize that so much because my my son died so soon after my uh, twin sister. So I was in such a wreck over that that I, as I started healing for my son, I started wanting to, to, striving to heal for my sister again. And and twinless twins did that. And and the story of, that that connected Jacob and I is just a very powerful story too. That I met his parents uh, in Hollywood at a, at a twin. The Compassionate Friends Conference, and remember them talking about that they had lost a son to the same tumor that I had lost my son to, mm-hmm. and uh, and we've been friends ever since. And so I contacted Jacob and told him about the, his parents, about the, the twinless twins, after I'd been there, and he went for his first time. And so this continuing journey, this this connection that I've had with Jacob's family is just um, it's it's astounding and unique too. So that's why I really like this opportunity to have Jacob on. The radio and and to talk about his perspective from his age um, and up to to date where he is where he's at and how the twinless twins helped him so much. I love that. And and what about you, Jacob? Tell us a little bit about your story and about Zachary. Um, so thank you guys for having me on the show. I'm always excited to talk about grief. That's kind of cliche as it sounds. But it talking about it has really really helped me in my journey. Uh, my twin brother Zachary passed away when in 2001. Um, from brain cancer, and for about 15 years, um, up until early last year, I never acknowledged his death. Um, I never acknowledged the grief, so I went through wow. um, very, very intense, delayed grief, and it only started coming up last year, um, and that's when I made the decision to go to the, my first Twinless Twins conference, and it has done wonders for me. Um, I can feel it in every facet of my life. I'm calmer. I'm happier, I'm more joyous um, going through those painful feelings. Um, even though they were painful, it's ended up helping me um, quite a bit in the long run. And I'm so very thankful for everybody at the Twinless Twins organization. Mitch has helped me um, dramatically um, whenever I have questions or need some advice. He's always been there for me. So I'm very, very thankful for the tight-knit group um, that I have surrounding me at the moment. It must you know, be, Zachary. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I, your story. I, I love it in, in the sense that, that there's a lot of people out there. You know, we have a saying in grief that says, "Grief can be delayed, but it can't be denied." But I, right. I think it's fascinating that, um, you know, that after that many years, um, Jacob, that you would, you know bring Zachary back into your life. And in a way, you and Mitch kind of have that in common because Mitch talks mm-hmm. about 
when he was in grief that he spent many years not dealing with his grief, and then he came and brought his son Kelly first back into his life, and then obviously Sandy. So is that what that experience feels like, Jacob? Does it feel like he brought Zachary, that he's back and part of your life? Because in grief, one of the, the key components is that we really do grieve for a lifetime, whether we want to or not, whether we push it aside or sweep it to the bottom of the closet. But does it feel like Zachary is part of your life and that you can continue his legacy? Is that, are those some of the feelings that you're experiencing now? Definitely, definitely. Um, you know, I think the best way to put it is my heart feels more whole in a sense. Wow. Um, my heart doesn't feel hardened as much as it did in the past, ever since I made the decision to open my heart up to all these feelings and reliving um, basically my, you know, 11 years that I was with Zach and everything and bringing him back into my life. Um, it's been a very, very huge change personally um, for me. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, do, um, I do carry him throughout each and every day, and some days are hard. But the majority of the time, right now, with where I'm at in my journey, in my journey, um, I feel just great um, having him there with me each and every day, every step of the way. So, it's been Jacob, very, very rewarding in a sense. You were 11 when your brother died. Yes, I was. I thought it was interesting that Alan called you Zachary, and I yeah. don't really think oh, that's a coincidence we, because I'm thinking with twins, we even do when that a lot. yes, I'm always inter- interchanging their names. Even if they don't look alike, I still am because you guys are like a unit. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, yeah, like I yeah, remember yeah. our next door neighbors were twins, and do you know they didn't look alike, but we called them twin. And twins, we never oh. use their names. The twins. Oh, I grew yeah. up being the twins, and I was boy girl twins. Right. And people just go all the twins. Yeah, you know, we didn't we use were, their names. We're a unit. And when I was yes. a kid, it was kind of irritating. Um, uh, but as we grew up, we were very proud of it, you know? Yeah, it's like you guys were are one. I mean, the world kind of looks at you as you come into the world together, and a lot of times we look at you as, as one unit. Yeah, and even amongst really twins, between boy-girl twins it. or maternal twins or fraternal twins, the variety is different. In fact, I was at uh, uh, I went to um, to Colorado this year, and I went through the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, met with some old friends, and I met a, a Native American gal that uh, was, she was, her story was in my book, a long story. But anyway, when I met her, she said, I, she has boy-girl twins, and she, um, but she is not a twin herself, but she said that in Lakota legend that um, non, non-identical twins fight over whose soul is going to leave first, that one of the souls always leaves first, that, uh, that they never grow old together. And I had never heard that. Wow. wow. That's interesting. Mitch, Mitch let me uh, you know, ask you, because you and I do work so much together, and obviously we are very, very close friends. And, uh, but one of the things that you talk about, and I think this really uh, applies to Jacob and what I just asked him about, is, you know, when, when we, some, some people confuse grieving. Yes, grieving is work and it's pain and it's things that we have to process. But there can be a side of grief that can really be transformational. Can you talk a little bit about the importance, regardless of what people's loss is, um, the importance of building a legacy, of working on a legacy, of continuing a legacy of that person we love? And if there's something about that specific to twins, 
Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, I think it's 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 important. You know, it's all part of what I call proactive grieving, uh, to uh, maintain a legacy. You know, to keep our, our our sibling, our loved one present, and talk about them. And since I've been doing that and talking about them, I've I've had more uh, birthday greetings uh, from my sister in the past few years than I have my whole life from friends in high school through Facebook that recognize that, and because uh, I'm keeping her present, and I'm putting her name out there, I'm putting her picture out on Facebook. So people realize that she is still ever present, and and so there's that. That's one way of just keeping them present, and that makes knowing that they're totally present. It the the hundred percent guilt, you know, I mean, not the grief doesn't seem a hundred percent because they're not totally gone when you're keeping them present. So it kind of softens the grief, and and actually now this would be thirty years for my son. And I told Barb yesterday, you know, I'm not. I, I know it's a bold statement, but I, you know, I'm not mourning Kelly anymore. I'm, I'm just celebrating every day as life. I've mourned for 30 years. I retired my my bandana, as I told Heidi. I said because I'm retired, I'm not done. You know what I'm saying? I'm not done grieving, but I am so okay living with his loss. It's been taking me a long time to get here, and I'm working, still working on my sister because I was so delayed on that. So, but it does come. It it, it does come a day that we can just celebrate every day do you I also for I'm, I'm wondering for jacob you guys have both talked about delayed grief and i know a lot of that for mitch is because his son died so closely but i'm also wondering if some of it is because it's so overwhelming to lose a twin that you almost don't even want to go down that road i don't know jacob do you think that was part of it Oh, for me, definitely. I mean, I was 11 years old, so mm -hmm. it was almost like I couldn't even put into words how I felt um, for years and years and years. And because that was the way I was after he passed, I just carried that throughout my entire life up until last year. Um, I didn't know how to, how to explain my feelings. I didn't know what to say about my emotions because I was very, very confused on how I felt about the whole thing. I was very, very closed off to the notion that his death affected me in my life. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it had a huge impact with the way I dealt with it. So, Jacob, what do you think happened last year that broke you open, where you were like, okay, you know what, I'm kind of ready to take this grief off the shelf and look at it? Um, you know, okay, so I uh, had a breakup with my girlfriend, um, mm -hmm. and that kind of... Um, hurt me a lot but it did it it hurt me in a different way than normal breakups do and it was just more painful and more raw um and i remember talking to my mother one day and i was telling her everything that i was going through and she said you know the emotions that you're explaining you're talking about grief and that's when the light bulb turned on and that's when okay well that makes sense because i've never dealt with this before so maybe that's the reason why it's been so hard to move on from my ex um and from that night forward, it's been about grief and about um, working through those emotions and bringing Zach back into my life, in a sense. That's amazing. So you both, it feels like you are both really living your life, not only for yourself, but for your twins and keeping them ever-present in your lives right now. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I, got, I have to say, uh, Jacob, and, and, and I know I can understand how you and Mitch would bond together over this, but really what you're saying is truly powerful and inspirational because there are so many people out there who don't, who wouldn't do what you're doing or who continue 
pushing it away. But your story of, of, of embracing grief or pulling it off the shelf, as Heidi says, it really is inspirational. You know, it, take, it, it takes a lot of courage. People can say what they want, but it, it takes uh, something um, special to be willing to dig into that closet that's been, you know, uh, closed for so long. I tell people it's like sticking a raw chicken in the closet and you just keep piling stuff on it. But to dig down through there and to get to those emotions takes a lot of courage. And I think your story can inspire a lot of other people. Mitch, what do you think about Jacob's story? Uh, you can relate to it a lot. Uh, and uh, what is the that's why I was so that's... encouraging so much to get him on the air, because I think his story is a very valuable one and, and pertinent to so many males, uh, especially, uh, not even twins so much, but men that realize that um, he's, it's all about being vulnerable, the power of vulnerability, to go to that space, to go to that space and feel all those emotions, all those feelings is a huge risk, uh, you know, but you be, uh, he, he did that. My God, to go back 15 years, there's going to be a lot of criticism, a lot of judgment upon him. Like, why would he go back? Why is he doing this? Dead is dead. Gone is gone. There's a lot of judgment out there. So he's really standing out and, and uh, a stanchion of hope for so many people. Yeah, you can go back. Yes, you can retrieve your grief. Yes, you can have joy again. You don't have to have it sitting in, within you and, and just festering for years. And, and I know that's what Jacob feels like. Wow. I, I, almost like a religious epiphany. Like, oh, everything's changing now. There's a whole different outlook on life. And that's what I'm excited for Jacob's story, because people are going to see that and hear this. So Jacob and Mitch, I want to ask you one last question. What what would you say to people out there that are listening that have have lost their twin and really don't know how they're going to get through it at this point? What what kind of advice would you give them? Oh, wow. Um, You know, even though I think... I, I don't know, maybe I'm speaking for Mitch too, but even though, I mean, we're going through this going through this grief of losing our twin, it's hard to give advice because half the time, I don't know what I'm doing, to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, I mean, there were months at a time where I was just I was just lost and I had no idea. I was just kind of going on day to day to day and just being vulnerable to everything that I was feeling and not even knowing what's going to happen the next day or if the pain is ever going to go away. Um, you know, my, one, my piece of advice would be the only way out is through. Um, you know, looking back on everything that I've been through in the past year, the only way that the pain subsided for me is to go through that pain, is to open up those old photo albums, is to talk to Zach still to this day, um, like he's here. Um, but to go through that pain is worth it, I believe. Mm, that's great advice. That's a great answer, Jacob. What about you, Mitch? Uh, I, because of uh, the twin list, because of, of, of being twins, I would say definitely your best resource. To first thing to do is go to a twin website on Facebook, read what other people are speaking about, about their losses, about their twin loss, and it'll encourage you, because there's nothing better than peer um, experience, you know, to you listen and see what they, I mean, there are twinless twins that come to these conferences that have lost their twins at birth, and they, I've met people in their 50s and 60s coming to the conference um, after losing their twin at birth, and there's a lot of criticism from people that don't get it, but they call them the singleton, the singletons don't get it, we get it. And nobody else does, and and that's that's a unique thing, and that's why it's important. I think the twinless twin is there for those people to, you know, to go online and and compassionate friends and sibling too. You know, I mean, be part of, um, 
There's a lot of support out there. But, you know, my father uh, was a twin, and when uh, my uncle died first, uh, my dad actually felt something uh, when my my uncle died. He he couldn't. My dad wasn't a real sensitive person, but he literally felt something uh, strange the day that, that my uncle died. So it is a very, very special connection. Well, I want to tell you, Jacob, um, you know, there's, I'm, I'm glad that Zachary is back in your life. Your story is very inspirational, and I am so glad that you have the connection to Mitch because he is one of the most compassionate and helpful grief gurus in the world. And I'm glad that you guys have each other um, to talk about that loss with Mitch. Uh, you, you do terrific work. You, uh, you, your book, Letters to My Son, you speak, you do all that. How can people get a hold of you, Mitch, if they want you uh, to come and speak and play? How do they contact you? Uh, just, uh, go to, just Google Mitch Carmody. You'll get my website or Mr. Hartlight, uh, YouTubes, or, uh, and all the information is just there on, on a Google search. Well, thank you, guys. Heidi, this was fun. Yeah, these guys were great. I couldn't have said it better than you did, Alan. Um, I feel the exact same way about Mitch Carmody. He is a real blessing to people in the grief and loss world, and he's not about death. He's about hope after loss. And Jacob and Mitch, you are really doing justice to Sandy and Zachary. Thank you so much for everything you're doing. I know that they're your guiding lights throughout your life, and I love that you're caring with them with you in your life and thank you so much for being on the show and I just want to close by saying that the Open to Hope Foundation and the Compassionate Friends thanks you today for listening and if you've lost hope please lean on Mitch's and Jacob's Alan and mine until you find your own thank you you've been listening to Open to Hope Radio Hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.